I'm Shannon. And I'm Sierra. And we've been best friends for the past eight years. Has this ever happened to you? Some well-intended individual inquires. How are you? But instead of being your sounding board, they end up just sounding board. Well, we're here to lend an ear as our guests unpack their hopes and fears. So come join us in a space where vulnerability is strength and humor is healing. While we genuinely inquire, how are you feeling? And what's been storming your brain? 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 What has been storming your What's been storming your brain? Brainstorming the podcast. Hi Shannon. Hi Sierra. We're doing a podcast. We sure are. <laughs> wow. Hi everyone at home <laughs> listening, aka our mothers. Yeah. Hi mom. Thank you for listening. We wanted to do a little teaser episode to give everyone a sort of idea of what this podcast is, um, why we're doing it, who it's for, mm-hmm. and introduce you to who we are. Surely. Sierra and I have, have known each other for like over eight years now. We're going on. Going on eight years. Mm-hmm. And like many young artists, we met at a conservatory. Mm-hmm. When we were... <laughs> You and I both, I think, were fresh out of high school. Fresh. Fresh. And we were baby. We also um, were born, like, what, two weeks apart in the same year. We're both cancer queens, uh, if you're into astrology. I wish we could say, you know, those crazy stories where, like, we were born uh, on the same week in the same hospital. Hospital. Rooms were next door to each other. I wish. That's not the case. I was born in Lancaster, California. Yeah, I was born in San Luis Obispo, California. Not too far. No. Um, But we met and our lives have been better for it ever since. Oh, my God. Surely. Mm -hmm. And I think both of us have tended to be, you know, like support systems for each other and sounding boards. And we've each been that person for each other where if we're having the shittiest day, no matter what, we can come and just shoot the shit. Mm. How many times can I say shit? Mm -hmm. Take a shot every time I say shit. Um, Shot shit. (laughs) But, you know, we can... We get it, and we always raise each other's spirits, and mm. we're we provide a space, a safe space for each other, and I think that leads us into what brought us to do this podcast, right. especially coming out of the pandemic, where there are so many feelings. I mean, here's the thing: Shannon and I, as I said, are cancer queens. We're both very emotional. We're feelers. We're feelers. Mm-hmm. I had a former roommate once who goes, yeah, she's a crier. Oh. And I was like, all right. Oh. Fuck you. But also, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, we're, we feel a lot of things and we feel them deeply. Mm. There are pros and cons about that. But ultimately, I think especially coming out of a pandemic, and we're still in it, but it's almost a year now right. since it's began. We know we're not alone in feeling so many feelings. Mm. Um, and so we wanted to sort of like open up. A conversation. Mm-hmm. I feel like suddenly we have all this time, all of this creative energy has suddenly re-entered my body because I've had time to just stop. At least we did when we were first unemployed and the world shut down in March. And now it's about where do I want to put that creative energy? Where can I put it? And mm-hmm. for us, it's found its way into this space mm-hmm. where we want to invite fellow creatives to discuss this really interesting intersectionality that happens between the creative process and mental health. Mm-hmm. When you're not feeling the best up in your brain, it's hard to feel like you're even worth creating, making mm-hmm. art. And, uh, 
for Sierra and I having been with each other for the past eight years and seen each other go through those waves of that where one of us is, you know, that hashtag booked and blessed artist mm-hmm. working, touring. The other one of us is going, I think I need to up my antidepressants, you know? And so <laughs> right. being and there for each other. That. Absolutely. Being there for each other and all that whole spectrum, we now want to open up a space and dedicate time to our guests to have that honest dialogue, allow them to unpack how their brains work, discover you know when they feel most creatively at peace, and we hope that they will be able to take that energy back into their pandemic lives and feel empowered to just start creating again for creating's sake. Finding the joy. Instead of doing it as an obligation, you know, oh, I should be doing this, mm-hmm. letting it stem from the love and joy of it. I know that's something that I've I've certainly dealt with and I'm sure you can relate, both of us dealing with depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it becomes, you know, an obligation in my head. I've created like, oh, I should be, I should be singing through my audition book. And and especially with social media, when you're seeing other people creating. But I think something, it's something we learned in school and heard a lot is that if there's not work, make your own work. Sure. But I think... It's really started to click for me recently. Absolutely. You know, instead of just being this like phrase of inspiration, it's like, oh, no, actually, that's a real thing. What really brings me joy? Mm. And guess what? I I don't need someone else's permission to do these things I love. And I don't need to do them for anybody but myself. And they come in all shapes and sizes. It doesn't necessarily mean... I feel creatively fulfilled when I do a monologue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yes, that's, that is the case. But sometimes I feel equally creatively fulfilled when I figure out what size silverware organizer I need for my my kitchen. Yeah. I find that that's creatively that project, you know. Mm-hmm. So discovering that balance of that in pandemic times has been really, really interesting. So we want to explore expand on that conversation with other creatives Mm -hmm. other creatives who may be feeling some sort of stagnancy or motivation maybe it is the other end of the spectrum with them where they're feeling so creatively charged from this i i'm curious to just see how other people with this sort of creative minds that that we have how they have been coping with this have they found it's been hard to to be more creative or have they found inspiration and the freedom and the space with that we want to be able to reframe this idea of being that booked and blessed artist what success looks like creatively in this industry and you know what too i i want to sit in that discomfort Mm. i want to hear ideas that make me uncomfortable or that push my small perspective and give me other perspectives and broaden my idea of what it is to yeah not only be an artist but be a human being absolutely and i think yeah and especially not only with this pandemic but this year has brought so much we've seen a major election year that has caused a lot of trauma for people isolation is at an all-time high depression anxiety is at an all-time high i think we all could use that universal reminder to be gentler to our brains Mm no matter what's storming them. Be mindful of the thoughts our brains seem to gravitate towards. 
in our, both our creative endeavors or in our life, in our daily life, and extend this same level of patience and empathy towards others. And obviously this is a practice. This isn't something that I just intrinsically wake up every morning feeling grateful. No. Um, it's something you practice, and I think creating a space to talk with other creatives is going to make that practice a lot easier. Uh, yeah. We're excited to have some lovely friends and foes. I want as many foes on this program as I can get. Honestly, I can't wait to talk to the foes. Mm-hmm. I want to dig up some of my earliest enemies Ooh. and most recent enemies. So people I've made enemies kindergarten, of. Kindergarten foes? Do you have any? No. You I tried to be friends with everyone. They might not have liked me, but Sure. That was also like six year old Sierra. Six year old Sierra. Six year old Sierra. We were told Sierra. not to use a lot of S words, but unfortunately, six year old Sierra is our new <laughs> segment. <laughs> well, I think it brings us to a segment that we have an idea for. We have it. It's been storming our brain. It's been storming our brains, which yeah. is we are wanting to round out each episode with a game of MASH. Six-year-old Sierra approved. Six-year-old Sierra approved. <laughs> do you guys remember this game? Could Shannon you tell and I us sure now do. if I'll you remember? You. No. If you remember, <laughs> tell us now. Say it out loud. Speak it out loud wherever yes, you're remember, listening. Or no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> say it now. We'll give you a moment. Say it loud. Say it proud. And go. Oh, okay, it's some of them have. have. Yeah. Some 50-50. Um, uh-huh. Shannon and I definitely both relate to the fact that we played this. Uh, and, and basically, a lot of what storms our brains is navigating this expectation of what we had for our lives when we were younger and embracing, and again, like you said, being grateful for the reality of our lives hmm. as young adults. So, Absolutely. you know, I think for me, I know definitely growing up, I always had this set of expectations which tended to come with you know age Mm. so oh when I'm when I'm 23 I'm going to definitely be married and have kids and have a house because my mom had me when she was 23 Mm. and for me my mom had me when she was 36 so my Mm. brain has always hooked on to that number as a Mm. marker of like okay well no you still have time it's like wait okay great because that's what we grew up knowing sure but then as you grow older and like I remember when I was 23 being like this is when I'm how old I was when my mom had me and then being like oh my god I can't imagine having a kid now right and that's not that doesn't mean that having a that's a reflection on society yeah it's just basically what I'm getting to is that time does not exist it's not real (laughs) it's It's a social construct you know once you do shrooms and you walk around St. Nicholas Park for what you feel like is oh I don't know a lifetime of experiences. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's well, only been an hour and a half. I guess we'll head back and get a boba tea. Mm-hmm. You know, then you start to realize time is a construct. What is daylight savings? Those for the mm-hmm. farmers. You know, all those nutty things that make you just go, okay, I'm on my own timeline now. Fuck that. Right. But what is really still fun and brings a lot more levity now is this game of math. So all of that to say, yeah. we will be playing a game of mash at the end of each episode which with each of our guests. And... Quite honestly, I'm stoked. Tune in. Do you want to? Should I mat? Do you want to mat? I'll mash. Mashmaker. And for many of our older listeners, this is not a recap of the TV show Mash. If you're tuning in, 
And now I got to look up at least one character from MASH. I at least know the actor, um, Alan Alda, was on it. Oh, really? He sure was. Yeah, I, I know John nothing TV about that show? show. I know what the the theme, the like logo looks like. Uh-huh. Can you please guess for me what MASH stands for in the TV series? Men and sandwiches hugging. Is that right? You were zero for four, but I actually want to see that show. <laughs> I would love to see. We can make our own mat. Is it one man holding sandwich hugging another man with sandwich or it's sandwiches hugging men hugging? Sandwiches hugging men hugging. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. What Cartoon sandwiches? What kind of, yeah, cartoon sandwiches. Men is real. Men is real. <laughs> Men is real. <laughs> Follow-up question. Mm. Now that we know the men is real. Men are real. Sandwiches cartoon. What kind of sandwiches do you want? Mm, turkey sub. Okay. And? PB&J. Classic. Okay. Hopefully no one's allergic to peanut butter. Hopefully. Any of our listeners who are, please turn it off right now. I'm going to tell you what the actual acronym is. What is it? It is Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Ugh, boring. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It ran for hey, I, it ran for a while. Nine years. Okay, so probably boring. not boring. <laughs> at least at the time. We'll do a whole episode about MASH. I actually would do that. <laughs> would you? Okay, you can do that solo. Oh my uncle on. He loves it. He does, he does, he does, he does. All right, Derek, I'm ready to play. I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay. nervous about the MASH. So. You should be. So you guys, um I wanna let you know what MASH stands for, which is mansion, apartment, shack, or house. So basically what we're going to do is I'm going to draw a spiral circle. Shannon, you're just going to say stop when you're ready. Stop. Okay. Now. (laughs) (laughs) I want the listeners to know while Sierra's setting this up that I currently actually already own. And so the stakes are so low for me. I already own a mansion. I live in an apartment. I love Shake Shack and I eat there very often. And what was the last one? House? House. I've I've never seen the TV show, but I'm a big fan of Hugh Laurie, so that's kind of where I stand. He's British. Yeah, that's a, that. I I remember I re remember that one so often, and then like I forget it, and then I'm oh yeah, he's British. Yeah, I love that. I love finding out that an actor who's doing an English accent, like a or a an American, that's what I meant, American, American accent, is not American. It's one of my favorite things. Um. Okay, so let's do Mash. Um. <laughs> Steer in that boat back to MASH. Here we go. Okay, so you drew the squiggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- so the first s- set of categories is MASH. Mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Mm-hmm. Next we're going to go, Shannon, I, I want to find out, can you give me three names for a potential partner, like celebrities? Oh, okay, celebrities specifically. Oh, my God. Okay, this one, this one's tough because he's probably listening. Um, Bo Burnham is, like, oh. up there. Mostly because I just watch, well, for many, 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 many reasons. Um, not to freak him out. But, no, but I recently watched Promising Young Woman. He was, in, he was fantastic, and I recommend that movie. It's the what's been sticking with me for a while. Okay, so Bo Burnham's number one. Number two. Mm, wow. Hmm. It's just a tie between so many different people. No, I want to put um, not the actor, Adam Lamberg, who played Gordo, but I want Gordo, the character, grown up to my age. Oh, my God. A dream come true. Okay. Uh, we're big fans of Lizzie McGuire. If you are, say I. 
All right, 50 50. That's about 50 50. So we have so far Bo Burnham, Gordo, one more. I can't just do boring white men. Um, <laughs> I gotta find you interesting have a white type, men. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a very clear type. Um, not that. Well, this is also specific. I want Seth Rogen in his role from American Pickle, which is the most recent movie on. But the old guy who plays in American Pickle. I'm kidding. But Seth Rogen put Seth him on. Seth Rogen. Him. Yeah. Okay. And I chose one, and that is me. So <laughs> I do have a type. <laughs> you do have a type. Uh, so for partners, so far our options are Bo Burnham, Gordo, not the guy, the, not the, not actor. the actor, the character, the character grown up. To Shannon's age. And <gasps> Seth Rogen as his character from, what is it, American Pickle? Yeah, he plays like an old Jewish man. Oh, So that's yes. important to me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Seth Rogen as an old Jewish man. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> um, and of course, Sierra Wells. Uh-huh. Me. Next question is number of children. Okay. Give me three options for that. Sure. Two is always like a reasonable option Classic. for me. Um, in a wild, wild, wild turn of events, let's do like seven. Ooh, we live in a we live in a big house in that world. It, well, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh huh. And then, um, and then I think probably I just want a crazy number, like cheaper by the dozen, but double. So I want to do twenty four children. Twenty four, and then I threw in my idea which is none and that's okay thank you so much for that option sidebar hey if you want children wonderful if you don't it's fine it's also wonderful what is this idea that women have to have children here i'll go on a rant i would rather have you have no children than have one that you resent hey i agree I'm saying it like my parents resent me. They love me so <laughs> much. I would rather this not happen to someone else. No, <laughs> I have two loving, Wonderful loving parents. children. So uh, we have partners. We have number of children. Um, the next one is career options. Okay. <clears throat> um, I would like to be a f- curator of art. Curator of art. At a museum. At a museum. All right. Next. Actually, I have an ad- ad- um, amendment to the original one. Oh, God. <laughs> I still want to be a curator of art, but I want it to be for the movie Night at the Museum. Shannon, that's a lot of paper space, but I'll do it for you. Curator well, of art for the movie Night at the Museum. Yeah, if they ever do a reboot or something, I want to be the curator As they should. Yeah. <laughs> Great film. Okay, that's good. And then... Um, I just like a home, like an organizer, you know, the home edit, like what they do, like a personal organizer. That's it. Just an organizer. An organizer, a professional organizer that. for people. Professional organizer. All right. Next. Um, I said this earlier because we were brainstorming, but I want to be a sous chef at the world's finest Jack in the Box. <gasps> oh my God. I don't want to be head chef. Just a sous chef. Yeah, I want to... I want to I want to bang out some munchy meals on nice plates. Sidebar: Shannon and I used to hit up Jack in the Box all the time in college. Mm-hmm. That was our place, and I miss it. We don't have it on the East Coast, and it's garbage. We'd call in, we go, yeah, hi, and they go, it's ready for you. Come on down. We they know your order. They knew us by name. Yeah, 
Most people do drive through. We would call in. We called ahead of time. Hello? Have it ready. <laughs> I think I have a picture of us that we took, like a selfie of us in the car in line at Jack in the Box. <laughs> I do. It's a momentous occasion. It was a mon- it was a momentous occasion every time we went. Um, I used to order the tacos and an Oreo shake. What did you order? I got the Oreo shake for sure. I'm always an Oreo shake bitch. Um, but I think I got the munchy meat. Like they had that munchy box, which was insane. It was like so good. two tacos, sandwich, hash, brown. I maybe I'm making all it up, but it was a lot of things in a small box that mm-hmm. not one body shouldn't have it that often. Audience, what what's your Jack in the Box order? Say it out loud. Out loud. <laughs> 50-50. They used to get the 50-50. Remember that on the menu? That was the 50-50. It was a half a taco and half a burger. Mm, classic. So we have so far for career, curator of art for the film Night at the Museum. Yeah. Personal or professional organizer. What What else? Oh, and the sous chef, and that's my oh, lot. That's and then my. Jack in the Box, of course, Jack in the Box sous chef. And? And then you choose one for me, please? I'll choose one for you. Um, My best friend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was very wholesome. <laughs> if there is a salary involved with that, if you've been holding out on me, if there's been a salary this whole time on being your best friend. Crap. You've just maybe got, 10 years. Left. You found me out. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> there goes my savings. Um, okay. We have partners. We have number of children. We have career. Our last one is mode of transportation. Oh, that's so fun. Okay. Um, I actually used this mode of transportation when I was a child. Hmm. Um, so I would like to bring it back as like a constant. You know those garden scooters that you use that you can store things in and you can move around your garden has wheels on it. And you're like, oh, I want to go look at the chrysanthemums. And you wheel yourself over. And then you get up and there you got your shovel. You got your spade inside the storage. Is so, it like a rolling ottoman? Yeah, similar. Yes, that's, that's cool. exactly. So a rolling ottoman. <laughs> So, so yeah, I want like a garden scooter because my brother and I used to use those as modes of transportation as children. Yeah, we didn't get like razor scooters. So we went, this will do. Yeah. Okay. Um, So that's one. Number two, um, like the old, like a Little Miss Sunshine van, like that old like Volkswagen bus. VW bus. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay, next. Um, let's do. Oh, I mean, like it'd be so wild to have your like own private aircraft, like a jet or Ooh. anything. Yeah, let's do private f- friggin' jet, please. Private jet. Yeah. Okay. And I will choose one, which is a blue Razor scooter. Oh, finally! You guys remember Razor scooters? If you have, if you do remember them, if you had one. Say I. <laughs> All right, 50, 50, 50. <laughs> So my question, was Razor Scooters the same company as Razor Phones? No. God. No. Missed opportunity. But, you know, clearly it's a great name. Yeah, can't it talk. It was my I'm very scootin'. first phone. Oh, it was? My very first scooter. Did you ever scoot and text? Never. Good. Practice safety. So, okay, now we're going to play the game. Um, th- I drew a spiral and... The dots on the spiral. If this doesn't make sense. No, this is a this is the scientific way to play MASH. Listen up. Listen up. So basically, I drew a spiral. I told Shannon to say stop. And the number of lines I have in my spiral are one, two, three, four, five, which is our magic number. So I'm going to start on the M. We have one, two, three, four, five. 
crossing out Bo Burnham. Bye bye. That's that it. won't be him. Then we start again. We have one, two, three, four, five. Okay, won't be seven children. We have one, two, three, four, five. Ooh, bye bye organizer. <laughs> we have one, two, three, four, five. No garden scooter for you. That one hurt. I know. It hurt me too. One, two, three, four, five. God, this was like nail biting when you were a kid. You were like, God, could you count like, faster? Yeah. <laughs> this was big at sleepovers. This was big. I don't remember if I really played it at school, but I just remember it was big at sleepovers. I mean, it determined where you stood in the ranks with the young girls, with the young six-year-old Sierras. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, we're getting close. I see some circling happening, some decision making being made. I'm if I nervous is an understatement to hear my fate. I uh, <laughs> this is gonna set on a trajectory for what I'm I'm gonna pursue post pandemic. So this is exciting for me. I've been feeling a little lost. Okay, Shannon, mm-hmm. I have your results. Are you ready? We're gonna start with where you're gonna live. You're gonna live in an apartment. Okay, which you do. I do. Okay, this is accurate so far. Okay. Guess who your partner is going to be? I can't guess. You're going to tell me. Me. <laughs> Which is true. So far, this is actually really eerie. Yes, yeah, it's spot on. We currently do not live in the same apartment. Let's make that clear. Sierra is very much in love and very much cohabitating with that person she's in love with. Shannon is very much in love and cohabitating, too. Guess who it is? My cat. His name is Limbo Peters. Oh, my gosh. I didn't put him on the list. Okay, keep going. So I'm with you. I'm in an apartment. Number of children. None. And guess what? That's okay. Which is also accurate. Okay. So far, everything is spot on. Mm -hmm. Let's see what your career is going to (laughs) be. Shannon, you're going to be a curator of art for the film Night at the Museum. I don't want to say this is a dream come true because I just came up with this recently, but it is a recent dream come true for me. As it should be. And finally, you're going to be... Scooting around on your razor scooter. <laughs> Blessed by my wife, Sierra Wells. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much. It actually, like, it takes the pressure off. Yeah, it yeah. really does, as it should. That, and that's what this is meant to be. Wow. You know, a guideline for how to move forward after the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got three of the, now I just got to get the scooter and mm-hmm. the job. Yeah. yeah. We'll make it happen. Well, hey, this has been lovely. Guys, that was MASH. That was MASH. And, um, you know, that's our intro, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, catch us on our next episode. Yeah. We actually, we have a really great lineup for you guys. Yeah. I'm excited to get talking with our guests. Ah. And, um. See what's storming their brains. We got some fun folks coming on. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't toss around the word fun lightly. These people are fun. Well, hey, uh, thanks for chatting and chitting. And we hope that you stay tuned for more episodes. They'll be less about the two of us. Sure. More about what our guests, um, what's been storming their brains. And I'm excited to find out. Bye now. Bye, Shannon. A big old thank you to our technical producer, Tim Fuchs, for our funky theme song with Chris Agar on bass and Louis Tanuzi on trombone. Thank you to Ellie Stovall-Brown for our rock and cover art and to all you listeners for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next time for a few more ha-has and a lot less wah-wahs. And follow us on Instagram at brainstormingthepodcast. 
Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the brain. brain.